Hey, hey, Merry Christmas. Here's, look, we have Church a tree. It's kind of our Here tree. We are. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, actually, I love it. We even got so some pretty. firewood down there. Come on, this is incredible. Yeah, so Happy, merry, joyous Christmas season. Yeah. Um, this is the beginning of our Christmas series, Home for the Holidays. And uh, well, Chelsea and I have decided we're gonna preach these sermons together. Pray for me. So Go ahead. it's either going to be our Christmas <laughs> no, it's gift. Gonna be great. It's gonna Come be on. Our... Let me just say, like we just already start interrupting <laughs> right. each other. As I was saying, it's either going the to be- The way you have prepared for these sermons though is the exact opposite that I would prepare. So to say that we've come into these sermons um, on different pages is not accurate, but definitely- Different planets. Um, different parts of the page. Oh, just God. different parts of the page. There you go. Same page, different parts of the page. <laughs> I was gonna it's say, it's either going, as I was I trying to say like seven times. I know, times. and I talked over you, it was <laughs> it's fun. It's either going to be our Christmas <laughs> gift to you or our coal in the stocking, but. Or you're gonna watch this and go, Wow, if Jude and Chelsea can stay married, anyone can stay married. So that could be a really nice gift for the holidays. But we really are excited to talk about home for the holidays yes. and really looking at home and why it's like, why are we talking about yep. home? First of all, because we are all in our homes. Thank you, COVID-19. <laughs> Whether your home is an apartment or whatever your home is, it is your home, your place to live. And we want to talk about home. And we, as we were talking about Christmas and obviously the story of Jesus, mm -hmm. which is why we celebrate Christmas, the story of Jesus coming from heaven to earth. We were really captivated yeah. by the idea that Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, was born into a home. Oh. He was born into a family. He was born with a, a woman who had been disgraced and shamed because she was pregnant out of wedlock. And he was born to what was then his stepfather. And he was born in a cave. And so it wasn't Siblings like, who didn't really like him or understand him. Right, so it was a yeah. broken home. It was a real home. It wasn't this like American dream that we picture when we think of home, right? So yeah. when you say home, you see like the Hallmark movies, which are all so decorated for Christmas. Is That's anybody, a channel here in the United States, by the yeah, way, that I'm many of us- Watching all the Hallmark my movies. My wife loves. Yeah. They're like, all these homes are like so over-decorated for Christmas. I'm like, who has time to do all that? But we picture this perfectly decorated home with 1.5 kids and a dock named Spot and a white picket fence. And I think so often we think, well, if that's not my home, then home can't be a place of refuge for my soul. But the truth was Jesus was born into a home that was a unique type of home. Broken, the day really, world yeah. that, that he lived in. And yet this was the place of refuge for his soul where he grew up, where he was in the right environment that God predetermined for him to be the savior of the world. And so these next few weeks, we're gonna look at some of the environments of the home that Jesus grew up, grew up in and really say, how can we build similar homes, environments? Again, whether you're single or have a family or don't, but that's really our yeah, passion. And, and, and the felt weeks. need really is the, the necessity of a healthy environment yeah. for you to flourish, for you to reboot, for you to recalibrate, for your soul to be healthy. Now this home uh, could be a space that, that you live alone in and it's you and God, but it's a place where you can have haven and safety um, and protection. So we're gonna talk about elements like love. We're talking about love right now, how love builds a home. We're gonna talk about how- Trust. Trust builds, builds a home. home. And we're gonna talk about how protection builds a home. So love, trust, and protection over the next three weeks during this Christmas season. And I'm really excited. Yeah, and in that, we also wanna let you know that we call church home church home, a place of a home that this is the type of place that we hope you find here in the community yeah. of church home, a place really starting off today of love, of True unconditional 
love. Absolutely. And love, of course, is uh, quite frankly, other than the person of Jesus, it is the single most significant theme in all of the Bible, particularly yeah. the New Testament. We cannot start it anywhere else in the Bible than John 3, 16. Love builds a home for God so loved. Think about it. His motive, God's passion is love. What moves God? Love. God is love, the Bible says, yeah. meaning he doesn't just do love. It is the essence of his character. It's the center of his being. For God so loved you, the Bible says, he gave his only begotten son, that's Christmas, Jesus, yeah. born in a barn, born in a cave, comes to earth, but it's not about a baby. It's not about just the lights. It actually is about a tree. It's about a cross between two criminals, and that beautiful baby boy would grow up the perfect God-man to become sin for you and I so that we could become right in our relationship with God. When it comes to the story of Christmas, yeah. you have to start at love and not giving love, not mm. doing love, not showing love or demonstrating love, but actually receiving love. That's where it all begins. Yeah. And so if you, yeah, we think about, so often about love, we think, who, who do I need to love and what do I need to do yeah, for this okay, person or that person? Yeah, okay, it's a message on love. I got to work on this. Yeah, but just like anything else in life, we can't give what we haven't first received. Wow. And when I think about the story of Jesus and the, the Christmas story and God coming, there's a, there's a name that is given to Jesus at the very beginning mm. of the Christmas story. And that name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when we think of that combined with John 3, 16, it's like, for God so loved the world wow. that he came to be with us, with us and he came to be with me. And what does he want to give me so often when we think about Jesus? And so often, I think so often many people don't want to celebrate Christmas or don't know Jesus because they think he's going to be mad at me mm -hmm. or he's going to be disappointed or frustrated. I had a bad attitude through all of 2020. But the thing is, Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Let me tell you, God could have been anywhere. Jesus, he's God. He could be anywhere. Yeah. And he would not want to be with us if he didn't love us. And so building a home, I think it's first, it's so important for us to learn how to receive God's love, but easier said than done, right? Yeah. So easier said sometimes. than done. I, I think when we talk, start talking about receiving love, one of the obstacles we're going to come up against is this idea of deserving or worth mm. or warrant, or do I, have I earned this love? And so how can I accept something that I definitively don't deserve? Right, And so when we see Jesus and we see the story of Christmas, we think to ourselves, oh, that's wonderful. But really that Jesus, that baby, that story, that barn, that nativity, that's not really for me because I'm bad and I'm mean and I'm rude and I'm whatever yeah, yeah. it might be. And so we think, well, that's not for me. God's not for me. God's not with me because of the cultural connotations so much around Christianity. We believe that God loves the good people. And yet the Bible says all of us are bad. I know, don't react. What I mean <laughs> is the Bible says all of us have missed the mark. All of us have, have erred. We've wronged. We've lived selfishly. We've done wrong acts towards ourselves and others. By definition, the Bible calls it sin. We've all sinned. So we've all done error. So actually, if God loves any of us, he loves all of us. Yeah. Right? When we can all receive the unearned, unmerited love of God, 
God is with you. Here's a massive misnomer in the universe that God is far from you. God is not far from you. God is near. God loves you. And if Christmas proves anything, his name is close. His name is near. Emmanuel. It's one of his names. Yes. Emmanuel means Good. close and near, next to you. And do you know why he's close and near next to you? Because he loves you. And so the whole idea behind a safe haven, a safe place, yeah. home starts with, I'm loved. And by the way, you are worth loving as far as God's concerned. And don't you think for so many of us, depending on the home that we were born in, the environment totally. where we, we grew up and matured in, if we weren't loved in a perfect way, which no parents are perfect, yeah. so nobody is perfectly loved, I think it is so easy for us as humans and individuals to think I'm unlovable. Yeah. Nobody can love me. I'm not good enough. And so here, here we are on this, this Christmas tree chat <laughs> with you on this Christmas. And could our gift be to you? You are absolutely lovable. God loves you. You are loved deeply, dearly, and not by a God who knows every bit of you. Yeah. You are loved and you are lovable. And one of the things you can do right now, I've been so passionate about this lady. Uh, lady. Like, oh, you've been passionate about lady? <laughs> this lady. <laughs> I've been so passionate about this late lady and this lady um, saying this to myself. I am loved. Yeah. I belong to God. God is proud of me. One of my favorite things to say to our kids, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Communicating adoration, communicating love, communicating care. Um, one of the truest things you can say over your life and to yourself is that God loves you. God shows you. God's so gifted good. you. God's yeah. talented you. God's close to you. God's with you. God's near to you. God's next to you. So today, even during this broadcast, or maybe later, take the opportunity to use the power of your words over your own life. Yeah. Well, and I think that leads us to our second point, mm. because it's one thing to know we're loved right now, but love is one of those things, I think your dad used to say this, love leaks. Yeah. But all of a sudden we feel not so loved yeah. because we did something wrong or something happened. And so our second point about love isn't just receiving love, mm. but once we receive it, we actually have to rehearse it. We have to say it over and over and over again to ourselves, to people in our world. I mean, we've been married for 21 years. How many times in those 21 years do you think back and forth? There's 365, this, I, this is gonna be a math question for oh, you. I'm Lord. so excited, like pressure on. How many, how many times do you think we've said back and forth, I love you? Uh, give me a to second. Each other? Uh, 12.7 million times. Like, <laughs> Great Judith, math. You don't, don't pretend, bro. <laughs> um, millions of times, probably. And I think I'm about our kids. I'm going to give them thousands, but I appreciate the millions. Oh, okay. We're only in the thousands? Let's give it hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. Because if you say, if we've said it at least 25 times a day, right? I think we say it that many times a day. I think so. I love that. Okay. This has turned into a therapy session. I yeah, so, I think we do. I certainly love rehearsing you. Rehearsing love. Um, but yeah, rehearsing love. And of course, um, all the science, you know, it, it tells you that, that the elements and the molecules in the universe, they respond to these loving, cherishing words. And yeah. the human soul is meant to respond to that. Um, and, and God is, is so gracious and loving in that regard. And so um, attaching 
certain scriptures. I love how people talk about favorite scriptures or favorite passage. Like, find a scripture that speaks about love and how much God loves you, and just rehearse that. You can, you know, go to coffee and talk about it with a friend, talk about it yeah. with a roommate, a loved one. Talk about it to God in prayer. God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for John three sixteen. Thank you where it says you're Emmanuel, God with me. You are next to me. You're near to me. You love me. You're not far to me. Basically, exactly what I said just a few minutes ago, <laughs> but just reiterate over and over, over and over. Remember and over. when I remember when can't say it enough. When our kids were little and they mm -hmm. were like babies and toddlers and all throughout, we used to say to them very often that you cannot do anything yeah. that will make us love you anymore. Oh, yeah. We said it both ways. Sorry. Thank you for the interruption. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's my gift. Put an interrupting point on Judah. We used to say, <laughs> we can't, just kidding. It's our, we do it all the time. You can't do anything to make me love you anymore. Yeah. And you can do nothing to make me love you any less. In other words, our job was to. to, to Ah, get the words out, Chuck. <laughs> to communicate to our kids, your your love isn't earned. You didn't earn it, and it can't be taken away. We have an unconditional love for you, and it needs it. to be rehearsed. But I think so often we find ourselves in relationships that are transactional. Mm -hmm. We find ourselves in jobs that are transactional, and somehow we know that the way people feel me and love me, well, it, it is conditional, mm -hmm. and they might leave me. How do we recover from that? Well, and that's, I, I was simply just going to repeat what you said because I believe it's so imperative you actually answered your question and then asked the question <laughs> because the answer really is um, you've got to continue to rehearse the one relationship you have that's unconditional. Yeah. Now, the closest simile, the closest similar relationship on the planet, I don't think simile is the right word, but the closest relationship we have is a parent to a kid. Mm -hmm. That's why we like to talk about that a lot in church. And that's why there's a lot of imagery in scripture about sons and daughters yeah, and families. So God set it up that way. But you and I, we made a contract. It was conditional. We set it in front of a bunch right. of friends in Portland, Oregon in November 5th, 1999. I was like, uh, to have and to hold from this day forward to I, no I one you. else. I love you. You love you. me. You love me I right? I mean, that's a wedding is completely a condition. It's a public condition that we all agree to. I'll love you if you love me. Period. <laughs> and so we got to get honest about this planet. Most of the relationships we have are conditional. I mean, that's just, and, and we can make people bad for that, or that's just the reality. But there is one relationship in the whole universe that is categorically, definitively unconditional. It has zero conditions. In fact, I'll take it a step further. You are so loved that even if you deny the actual existence of the one unconditional lover in the universe, he still loves you. That's how unconditional his love is. And rehearsing that will give you the strength and the fortitude and the power to continue to move forward as you wade through constant conditional love relationships. Yeah, and if you need something to rehearse from the Christmas story, I love it when the angels came to the shepherds, right? Jesus was going to be born, and all of a sudden, this is their shepherds watching over their field oh, at night. And as these shepherds are here, they didn't ask for it. They did nothing to earn or deserve it. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, this is out of heaven. A host of angels came, and they started singing this song, basically saying that Jesus is going to be born. And what did they say to the shepherds? They said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good, no good news of great joy, wait wow. for it, that will be for all, all people. So that includes me, that includes you, all that includes people. the people who would never acknowledge God. Guess what? The good news of great joy in that love is for all people. All and people. that's what makes the Christmas story so great. Yeah, all people. John 3, 16, whosoever. God loves 
all people. And God just this God with these huge arms who wants every human to be included and belong. And just, just have to say this here at this point, church home, we want every person to belong. Every person. You belong here. You are loved That's here. Right. This is if if you are a whosoever or all people. This <laughs> that's right. is a community you for you. Qualify you belong here because that's the biblical qualification. Conditional love, which you can't qualify for somebody that's unconditional. But I think you get the you point. You get the point. And our last point last about point. love. Yeah, is is reevaluating love. Ooh, such a good point. Yeah, and I think it's it's understanding that life and love are seasonal. And what I mean by that is not that love is seasonal. Like, hey, I loved you for a season. I don't love you anymore. And sometimes that's how this life does feel. But understanding that how we communicate and how we express and how we care for one another can grow and change and ebb and flow based on the seasons. Now, the reason we are dropping this point here on Christmas 2020 <laughs> is because we have teenagers. And yes, if you've do. learned anything about raising teenagers is you kind of have to assess as they grow up and they begin to change, already the relationship between mom and dad and teenager is beginning to prepare for adulthood, which yeah. will be very much more of a friendship in the future than it is right now uh, almost completely leadership. You know, it's just we're leading, 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 but then it's going to be releasing and then it's yeah. going to be befriending. And so we're reevaluating how are we expressing love to well, our teenagers, yeah. let alone to each other. Right. When I think about these, these babies who started off as babies and now both of my sons are over six foot taller than me. It is the strangest feeling to have a human that you gave birth to be significantly bigger than you. But when they, when they were little, especially Elliot, he's my little cuddler. It's, love him so much. I used to receive, res give and receive love with him just by touch and by cuddling mm. and holding him. Well, all of a sudden he doesn't want to cuddle with me anymore. He doesn't? Not as much. It's so sad. If you're what? Don't That's the me. worst news of Christmas 2020. <laughs> you know, he's just what? like this huge like man child. He and really so is. it takes a moment a to, to reevaluate. Mm -hmm. Think, okay, so we're going to give and love, give and receive love in a different way. And it, this is our human relationships, but also our relationship with God that needs to be reevaluated. Re you know, you and I went through a circumstance recently where some things in life happened and you were really honest with me. You were like, I feel like I'm mad at God. I feel mm -hmm. like God let me down. I felt like if I did these things, I would get this result and, and I'm not here. And taking a moment to reevaluate, not God's love for us, mm -hmm. but God, I'm feeling disappointed by you. I'm feeling let down by you. I'm feeling neglected by you. Does that mean you don't love me? Does that mean I don't love you? And really taking a moment to have those honest moments with God. Yeah, I've been so passionate. You're going to laugh when I do this again because I just keep repeating this, but um, I am really caught up with the first question that God ever asked man. Mm -hmm. um, talk about reevaluating love. God says to man, where are you? You know, where are you? And I brought this up in different sermons recently at Church yeah. Home. And I think that's God, Genesis 3, 9. That's God not asking because he doesn't know where Adam is or <laughs> Eve is. He's, he's asking because we don't know where we are. Um, where are you? Do you feel loved? Do you feel close to God? I know recently Chelsea mentioned I, you know, I was a little upset with God. We have a great relationship. I love him. I love Jesus very much, but it's a... He's a real person it's a to me. It's, it's, it's dynamic. Yeah. It's it's growing. It's it's uh, his love doesn't change, but knowing him and growing with him changes. I change. He doesn't change, but I change. Yeah. You change. Yeah. And there has to be an evaluation, a reevaluation. 
We're, we're in our 40s now. We're raising teenagers. How, how am I doing in my love relationship with God? My love relationship with you? I love that statement. Marriage is a dance. Relationships a dance. Life's a dance. But the music changes. And instead of walking off the dance floor with a bad attitude, you just gotta change your dance and, and keep of being dancing. Offended because your toes got stepped on. Toe. They're gonna get stepped on, yeah. particularly when the when the when the songs change, when the music changes, when the genre changes, and all of a sudden, Chelsea and I have experienced plenty of that in our marriage. All of a sudden, it's like it's 2020. We're in our 40s. We're in the middle of our life. Oh my word, teenagers! What church? Culture, world, changing, oh, ah, and all of a sudden you got to dance different, and I'm like, ow, ow, what are you doing, you know? And instead of making someone the problem, it's just putting your arms around the reality that yeah. we're growing as human beings. Yeah. It's going to change, and things are going to happen. I know Chelsea's had challenges in her physical body and seasons where you haven't had as much energy, and I've been frustrated or about different things, and it's like, hey, how are we doing loving in this season. Yeah. And realizing that the love of God never changes. Never changes. And that is our anchor to when we are really Yeah, when we have to change. <laughs> when the music is changed, knowing that the one thing that is unchanging on this planet is the love of God. When our love, I'll say it another way, which is exactly what you just said. When our love has to change, we gotta go to the one love that never changes. Yeah. And that's Jesus. And, that's what gets and it us helps life. us uh reevaluate. Yeah. For sure. I am, um, I'm so incredibly grateful for you. I'm so incredibly grateful for Church Home. I know Chelsea feels the same way on behalf of our family. We're thinking about you, we're praying for you. I know we haven't physically been in rooms together um, by the thousands. We certainly have been in rooms together by the tens all over the world as church in people's homes are happening. But I'm thinking about you, thinking about what concerns you, thinking about what's weighing on your mind and on your heart. And maybe the word reevaluation is a little overwhelming. It shouldn't be. It's an incredible opportunity, you know? I guess while we're on the topic, we could look at 2020 and say, thank you, 2020. You've helped me reevaluate what matters most. You've helped me reevaluate my love, my life, my environment, my home. And that's not such a bad thing. Um, I was telling somebody today, like, it's just gotta be hard to become arrogant in seasons and days and times like these. Is anyone an expert When you right realize now? I know nothing. I know this world is far beyond my control and your control. So you know what I got back to? You know what we're back to in Christmas of 2020? God's Love is unconditional, and it remains, and it remains. Though the world will pass away, though constructs and countries and continents will fail and pass, His love remains, and that's incredible. If you want to receive the forgiveness that comes from this unconditional loving being. He has a name. His name's Jesus. That's why we celebrate Christmas. He came to the earth to save you and to save me. And the work has been done, and now everyone can be forgiven. If you'd like that forgiveness, if you'd like that relationship, if 
if you'd like to never be the same again. Think about a Christmas 2020 could actually end up being one of the most remarkable moments in the history of your life as you receive the free gift of forgiveness that only Jesus offers. If you'd like to receive this, why don't you raise your hand right now, wherever you are. By raising your hand, you're admitting to yourself, and maybe to someone else in the room, that you now believe in Jesus, and you receive him, and you are now forgiven forever, and you have a right relationship with God that will never end. God, I thank you so much for every heart and hand that has responded to this incredible invitation and opportunity, and I thank you they will never be the same again. Thank you for what you're doing in church home. You're building a home for people all over the world. Help us to be environments of love, environments of protection, these environments of trust. Help us in the weeks ahead as we continue to study the Christmas story to foster and develop these environments. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.